We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much for making this happen. Yeah, dude, of course. Of course, thank you. It's good to officially meet you. Like we we have a lot of the same friends, but this is the first time we've finally actually made this happen. Yeah, I know. What's what's what? Do, why have I uh, not been at the top of the card? Huh? What's well, I mean, you're a very busy man. Come on, <laughs> I, you have so many jobs. I mean, obviously WWE superstars number one, but I'm really curious with everything you have going on: YouTuber, podcaster, G4 host. Now, congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Thank what you. is job number two for Xavier Woods? Uh, definitely G4 is the, is the, is the job that I'm going to be transitioning into once I'm done, uh, being a bump boy, I'll be playing video games, but, uh, but honestly, I'm also, so I'm learning bass as well. I, I have that. aspirations to be a, a studio bassist. So for all you, uh, artists in the next five or seven years, hopefully <laughs> by the time you guys are big, I understand how to play bass and if you hit through Atlanta. I'll play the uh, bass for your album. But I appreciate it. that you're giving yourself like a good like runway. You're saying, all right, five to seven years. Because I think there's a lot of people that go, all right, when I started this thing six months ago, I'll be good in like another six months, maybe. Mm-mm. No, it's it's music. So there's certain components of it that I already luckily understand because I was in band all my life and played trombone. Um, and so that part is easy. And that's usually the hard part of, of figuring out like music theory and how notes work together and chords and harmonies and all that stuff. So I've, I've got that stuff for the... M- I would say for the most part, but like 18% of it, there's still a ton to go. But uh, so translating it to playing bass has, has been really fun because all of your favorite songs are driven by like a good bass line. Yeah. And I don't think people really realize that all of the time. And so having that in my hand, like it just, I don't know, it it feels good. It makes me make that stank face. And if I can get to the point where I can make other people make it, that's that's the whole point of doing this to kind of spread positive energy everywhere. Are you playing the bass or are you slapping the bass? I'm playing it. I'm not, I'm not slapping the bass yet. Not yet. I'm getting there. No, not I gotta, like I love you, man. Yeah, I got a long way to go before I get there. How does the trombone feel about this, though? Oh, she, trombone's fine. Because I've been, I've been playing trombone since sixth grade. So she's been good. She's good. She knows, she knows that's where my heart is. But she's open to me playing music with other instruments because she gets that. There's not just one instrument for a person. There's many instruments for many people. And everybody needs to enjoy these experiences while we're living this short, 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 short amount of time that we have here on the planet. There's no point in only playing one instrument. 
Why? Why do that? Mm. Did you find the trombone in sixth grade or did the trombone find you? Trombone found me. So okay. I wanted to play drums, but uh, <laughs> sixth grade me had no idea what the word percussion meant. So when they called out percussion and they went to the little room, I was like, I don't want to do that. And then they called out the next instrument. And I was like, hey, when are you doing drums? They're like, oh, they already called drums like 10 minutes ago. I was like, well, that's what I want to do. They're like, well, the door's closed now, so you can't go. I'm like, well, you're, you're in charge of this system. Why can't I just go in? I didn't know what it meant. And so they're like, here, try to make noises on these other instruments. And I was like, well, saxophone is like real sexy. Maybe I can get good at that and be cool, but I can't make a sound on a woodwind instrument. And so they gave me like a brass mouthpiece and they're like, what do you think you should do with this? And I made the sound like instantly. And they're like, fantastic. Can you do it with this smaller one? I could do it. And then we tried the smallest one and I couldn't do it. The smallest one is the trumpet. And then, so they're like, okay, cool. You're a trombone player. And I was like, what is the trombone? And then luckily the, the professor, the teacher was a trombonist. And so he pulled it out and I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm so in. <laughs> I don't want to fast forward too much in your story here, but how does the trombone get worked into what you guys were doing with the New Day? So um, <laughs> at that point, we were trying to see what they would say yes to. <laughs> and things that we could do. And so they had an idea. I think it was like after we won the titles um, and we were in New York, I think they were like, hey, you know, we want you guys to come down and like sing a song and maybe like, uh, you know, like New York, New York. And I was like, we're in the car and we got this text at the same time. And I go to the guys like, do you think they'll give us a trombone? Because I can just, I can figure out how to play that on trombone. And the guys were like, yeah, let, let's try. Let's see. They've, we, we've had a good streak of, of getting yes. And so we texted them back and we all kind of like waited with bated breath. And then they go, yeah, we can get you a trombone. And it was like, <gasps> what is, what are we doing? What door did we just open? And so uh, figured out how to play it during the day. And then we played it during the show. It was just ridiculous. But uh, yeah. one of the, the crew guys, the set guys, Nick, down at the bottom of the ramp. And I'm supposed to give him the trombone after we do our promo and we, then we can do our match. But in my head, I was like, man, I'm literally never going to be in the situation again where I'm able to take my passion of professional wrestling and my passion for music and trombone and like experience this feeling again. So I'm going to keep this trombone and I'm just going to play with it during the match and see what happens. <laughs> and so, so I started playing it during the match and one of the camera guys is like crying trying to like record what's happening and then we go to commercial and he goes you got to keep playing that trombone and i was like what he said vince is losing his mind crying laughing like he's loving this i was like perfect and so uh we got in the back and there were the whole everybody in gorilla was just was laughing and vince was like that's yours now you now you i never want to see you without a trombone now and it's like what, what is going on this is great and so then it just went from there but i got Legit, one of the happiest days that I've had like in my career, being able to go, oh, you now get to like add a piece to what Xavier Woods, the character is. So now in my head, I always think back to like wrestling, like in the like old school, like where the guy would bring like a water bottle or a mirror or whatever, like that inanimate object means the yeah. world to him because the more yeah. importance you put into this inanimate object, the more people perceive it as important. They will say perception is reality. So like if this is the most important thing in your life, then everyone's going to feel that. Um, and so I was just excited to get to like explore that side of wrestling. Um, cause that's, what's always been interesting to me, just like the, the auxiliary thing. So I've never, I knew I wasn't going to be like six, five. I knew it wasn't going to be like 300 pounds. And I knew those things. So to me, what was interesting was like 
how can I get into WWE and how can I stay in there? Like, what can I do as a guy who's not quote unquote, like the typical like body size for wrestlers like back then, you know? Um, and so I was excited that I got to explore that a lot more. And that's why I put so much effort into it. I want to key in on one of the words you said, there's passion. And I think that that's like the thing that drives your whole career is like this insane passion. And if we take this way back, what do you think your first passion was? Man, probably just learning, mm. learning, not necessarily like learning things like sitting in school and learning, but just like learning things. Um, cause I really enjoy, uh, gaining knowledge. It's, it's something that my dad is like my dad and my mom both like instilled it into my brain. Like, um, no matter what happens to you in life, like if you have the knowledge that you want to have, like no one can take that from you. Someone can call you stupid, but you go, oh, oh, buddy, you, oh, you don't know what that means. You're not, you know, you don't need to talk to me like that. So uh, that's always been something that's, it's been, I've been passionate about just learning information and having that. Um, and so that translates into me loving video games and wanting to learn how to be good at video games and then learning about wrestling and learning to learn how to be good at wrestling. But then once I got into wrestling, realizing that from like the fan perspective, you watch it and you see like the fireworks and you hear the music and you see like the larger than life characters and stuff, but like you don't really break it down to like a science mm. a lot of the time. You do sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure that there's some some mega fans out there that are doing that on the regular. But once you start actually like taking bumps and getting into the industry, you find out so many intricacies that that you weren't thinking about as a fan. And I I love those. I love little little things like that. So one, for instance, like, again, I'll go back to me saying like, oh, I know I'm going to be big. So if you see me in an airport and you see Braun Strowman, you go, Braun's the wrestler. This guy's not a wrestler. You know, that's, I've, people have said that to me in the airport before. Uh, and it's like, well, that's, that's kind of closed minded. What, like, what do I need to like change? Like, and so that's why my gear is always so crazy because that's my canvas to show my personality and express who I am to people that are rocking with those ideas. So when you see the Xavier Woods figure on the shelf, you go, oh my God, this is orange, pink, blue, yellow. There's unicorns on it. There's pancakes. Like, what the hell is this? And even yeah. if you don't like wrestling as a kid, you see this bright, shiny toy and you go pick it up. Yeah. So to me, that's a part of wrestling, merchandising yourself and making sure that you are marketable to different demographics. And so, you know, you realize like we veil a lot of the things that we say in promos and there's like, it's like Shrek. There's like the adult things in there for you're listening, but it's fine for kids to listen to too. Yeah, yeah. So like you're talking to adults that way, but you're also talking to kids and figuring out those intricacies of how to bring more people to wrestling has always been so interesting to me. Did you always have this much personality and this much charisma or is this a byproduct of becoming a wrestler? Um, I think it's, uh, it's definitely been enhanced a lot. Sure. from wrestling but uh it it came about because of like how awkward i am like internally like as a human like it's a mask that i put on so i kind of uh <laughs> i i go i i i'm very extra to hide how awkward i feel i think and i like overcompensate so that's why when i when you ask me a question i ramble for like 10 minutes i feel I'm just trying to make sure I don't feel awkward <laughs> while I'm talking. So it's a lot of that. But wrestling has definitely brought a, a ton out of me um, because being able to be in a space where you can feel awkward and weird and then try something and then a crowd of people in an arena starts cheering for it or like booing you for it. It's like, oh, okay, let me lean into this a little bit. This is kind of fun. Um, so, so it's a little bit mix of a both. The thing I love about your story is you just showed up. 
Like you just showed up and got yourself signed. And I think, I don't know if everybody realizes this. You just, you weren't invited. You just showed up and somehow talked yourself into getting a tryout and like your career kind of went on from there. It's, uh, it's, it's weird. So like when I send my stuff the first time, I send like full resume, cover letter, all that stuff. And got like made fun of by a bunch of people. And it's like, well, why is this not a job? Like, this is what I was taught. Like, you're supposed to bring it. Like, it's a profession. Like, I'm supposed to, like, come to you and speak to you respectfully and show you, like, where I've worked before and, like, what I've done and why I I should be working here. Like, I don't don't understand why I'm getting made fun of. Um, But uh, I did that and brought stuff to them. And uh, I, the WWE was the only group that sent me a letter back. So I sent it, like, to indies all across the place and overseas. And WWE was the first place to send me one. And uh, they just told me at this time, you know, you're not, this, this the height that we're looking for. We're looking for guys like over six feet tall, you know, but try again in a few years. And so that's when I went to, um, I got lucky enough to get a job at TNA, um, like six months before I graduated college. Um, and then once my run ended there, I sent myself to WWE again. And luckily, like they, they said that they remembered me sending in the resume last time because nobody had ever like brought resumes. They always just send tapes or DVDs. And at that point, you remember Light Scribe DVDs? Oh yeah. So yeah, I like took my eight by ten and light scribed it on the DVD with my name, my phone number, my contact, and all that stuff. So like there was if you wanted to contact me, you could have because it was on all over that folder. Um, but they said that they they remembered that. And then the fact that I went somewhere else to try to get some more experience, they appreciated that. And so then I got the tryout and uh then it just kind of kind of went from there. But the fact is like you took the initiative to make this happen for yourself. And I think there's too many people that sit back and wait for these opportunities to come to them. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I think uh, my grandma used to say this. She said, uh, luck is the intersection of skill and opportunity. And so if you're not working hard enough, if you randomly get the opportunity, you're not going to have the skill. Mm. If you've got the skill, but you're not forcing your way into those areas, you're not going to ever get the opportunity. And so it's kind of a mix of that. Like I was just trying to do everything that I could to like get as good as I could while also working on getting an opportunity in hopes that I'd be good enough for that opportunity when I, when it came. And, um, and then again, like luckily it's, it's worked out and we're here and I'm talking to you now. (laughs) I'm very grateful for this. I mean, when you look at, (laughs) (laughs) when you look at what you did with G4, I feel it's pretty similar. Like you just kind of forced your foot in the door. Maybe the door wasn't open. You forced your foot in there and, there and made it happen. Yeah. It's, uh, I very much believe into like speaking your truth into existence. Yeah. Um, and again, something that people would like make fun of, but when we started new day and we, whenever we would talk about like our aspirations, I would always say the first thing I would say is Kofi's going to be heavyweight champion. That's, that's the point of this. That is the point of this is to make sure that Kofi becomes heavyweight champion. Wow. And so like five years in, like, and we we did it, and it was like, every, I remember. I feel like everybody was like, "What? What? What is this?" Like, no, like, do y'all not remember? This is exactly what we have been saying the whole time. Like, this was the goal. We got there. Um, so it feels good when stuff like that happens. And so, like with the G four stuff, in my head, um, like that's this is this is what I've been fighting for the whole time is to try to create a path for myself after wrestling, so I couldn't see what that chapter looks like because talking to so many veterans who have been so kind uh, and and given their time to tell stories and and help us figure out how to best navigate our careers. Um, obviously, different eras, different things going around, like how the show worked, how the locker room was, like whatever. But it, essentially, wrestling is always going to be wrestling. And so being able to take their stories and say, 
okay, they got done with wrestling. They didn't, they didn't train in any other trades or skills. Um, and they were nervous about, you know, making the jump. And so, you know, you end up in the situation where your body just doesn't want to do it anymore. Your body can't, it hurts. It, it, it doesn't want to go through that stuff. And you find yourself coming back to wrestling and saying like, Hey, well, let me, let me do this thing. Let me wrestle this match. Let me do this. Cause I like need some cash. And so hearing so many horror stories from the guys themselves about how, how bad that, that, that position feels. And when I say that position, I mean the position of not knowing what the next chapter looks like. So you are terrified to move forward. Um, that, that to me is like the scariest thing for not only myself, but like for my peers. Cause like, if we don't start setting that stuff up now, yeah. then we might not be able to set it up later comfortably, you know? So, um, so my thought is, or was, you know, make this YouTube channel, make this gaming YouTube channel and get into gaming. Cause that's where I want to go when I'm done wrestling. Like I knew that already. And so being able to put my face out there and to be in these spaces while I'm still wrestling, it works not only to like, to my advantage, but I think to WWE's advantage, because now we're, we got more of a foothold in the gaming space. We're able to reach out to different kinds of, of influencers, of gamers that might not watch wrestling and bring their audiences to wrestling. And that's when they can figure out that wrestling nerds and gaming nerds are the same kind of nerd, you know? We all got made fun of and throughout adolescence. And if we made our way through it to adulthood and still enjoy the things that we genuinely enjoy, now we're here as adults. And so like we we both sets of, of, of nerds fought through that battle. And so I just want to hold the mirror up and say like, look, we should all be together. Like all these, all y'all gamers should watch wrestling because you like video games for the same reason that wrestling nerds like wrestling. And you wrestling nerds that don't play video games should play video games because video games are exactly what wrestling is, but you get to like control it yourself. Like... And so, so being able to, to be a part of that Venn diagram and trying to stretch that out as much as possible, um, has been awesome, but, but long, long story long, the goal has been to make sure that when I'm done wrestling, I, I have something and I've been doing my best to try to make some sort of blueprint for everybody else that, that might be trying to search for that too. It's like, look, we can, we can start it with something like this maybe, and it can go this way or that way, but I just want everybody to be forward thinking. We've got lots more to get to here, but as you know, LA Knight is the odds on favorite to win the men's money in the bank ladder match. But how about you make a little money with this? At MyBookie, you can turn your WWE knowledge into actual cash. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on combat sports. So we're talking UFC, boxing, and yes, WWE. So if you think LA Knight is going to win the men's money in the bank ladder match, yeah, you can place a bet on that. If you think that Cody's going to beat Dom, or if you think that Seth Rollins is going to beat Finn Balor, you can bet on those matches. You can bet on all of the matches at Money in the Bank. And that's not all. If you use my promo code CBV at mybookie.ag, with your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put in, let's say, 100 bucks, you'll get an additional 50 bucks to bet on on the house. So sign up using my promo code CVV at mybookie.ag. Place your bets and walk away with your own money in the bank. I want to talk about your Achilles injury because, you know, you're on the road going like crazy, you know, traveling all the time, new cities all the time, you know, you're on raw all the time. And then this injury happens and it all comes to a screeching halt. And I'm really curious to know what the biggest thing you learned from that time was. Um, that's a good question. I guess to not stress 
things that I cannot control. That was big for me. I'm a big control freak and big perfectionist in a lot of things. Um, but the week before I tore my Achilles, I went to uh, a kid's birthday party. I took my, I took the kids and it was the first time that I'd like gotten to play like with my three-year-old in a sense, like we're at a trampoline park and he's like, so he's like big enough to jump around and do that stuff. And so he's jumping on me and I'm like throwing him into trampolines and he's like trying to do flips and stuff. I'm like, this is so much fun. And the next like I'm, I'm saying, thinking we're going to come here like at least like twice a month, like on Saturdays, maybe, maybe every Saturday we'll come and do this. And then I tore my Achilles like the next week. And so my immediate thought, and this is this is such a weird thing because this is such like a, a parent thing that wouldn't have been in my head had I had I not had kids. But my my instant thought was, I can't go to that trampoline park with my kids now. And then, oh my god, I'm I can't dance in the kitchen with my kids before bed. Oh no! And then the third thing was, I might not be able to wrestle anymore. And that that in itself is the is when I learned like how much my kids have changed me as a, as a person, because all my life has always been wrestling, wrestling. Like I'm going to be a pro wrestler and I want my name like in lights and I want to like do something important and like, like help change the industry to like, like do what, do whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was, that was my focus. That was my motivation. And, and obviously like I realized that my motivations changed when my kids were born because you feel that once you see them, like it's, it's, it's a crazy experience. But to to have something like that, like a life changing, possible life changing injury happen to you, and from the from the back of your mind, all that rushes forward. Like this, this is what's most important to you. It's it's really cool to see that change happen, or and feel that change happen. Yeah. So so by the time I was I was you know jogging again and like jumping rope, and I'm playing with the kids and everything, that's when it hit me again. Like okay, I'll be able to wrestle. I'll be able to, I'll be good. I'll be good. Cause I could do those other two things. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll be able to come back. And then it was, um, you know, some months later and I got to come back to wrestling and everything felt great. And so, uh, uh, learning, learning that wrestling is not the end all be all for me is, mm. is the biggest takeaway from it. Cause I, I instantly filled up my schedule with convention stuff. Like I had surgery on a Thursday and that next, the next Friday I was in new Orleans at a convention for three days doing signings, all that stuff. We did, I did a uh, uh, Professor Xavier from X-Men. I did a Professor Xavier cosplay because I was in one of those little buggy carts anyway. <laughs> yeah. so we put the cardboard around and I put the suit on. So like we just made it work. Um, but that's that's probably the biggest thing that I learned. I mean, New Day's had such an incredible run. You've had such an incredible run. I really, I want to know who who's the tag team you guys are chasing after? Who's the greatest tag team of all time in your opinion? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I can't, I'm bad at picking like greatest. I, I have, I, I like so many people for so many different reasons. Sure. Um, my favorite tag team though, is probably Billy and Chuck. Um, mainly because of their matches with the Hardys. Cause it was, it was as a, as a fan, it was the first time that I noticed like, Hey, these guys are huge and the Hardy boys are not huge, but the Hardy boys can still knock them down. Mm. And so in my like teen head was like, man, this is how wrestling like should be. People shouldn't be like, oh, like I'm bigger than you. So you can't knock me down. I'm like, Billy Gunn is way bigger than Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy got this hot tag and he's tearing him up. Like he's bumping like crazy for him. And so in, in my head, again, it was like, okay, so this is, this is where you put your ego aside and you go, let's have this good match, you know? 
And so to me, those moments always, always popped me as a kid. And I'm sure that there's a billion other situations with a billion other tag teams that made people feel this, that, uh, they think are, are better examples, but this was what it was for me. Um, cause I've always just been obsessed with tag team wrestling. So, uh, any of the matches with the, with the Dudleys, the Hardys, <coughs> excuse me, and, uh, Edge and Christian, like those obviously popped off for me a lot, but I like groups as well. So like I was, re- I was really into three count in WCW. Oh, love three um, count. <laughs> I was like so into three count. Uh, uh, I was into what was their tag team, uh, when it was Elix Skipper and uh, who was his partner in the WCW Cruiserweight tag stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, but all like see, just watching all those matches, because again, that was when they were like guys who were my size and they were yeah. putting them on TV and they had their own tag division and it was awesome. Um, and so I, I don't know. I know this is a cop-out answer, but I don't know. I just, I love so many different tag teams for so many different reasons. I can't, I can't pick one greatest. I was at WrestleMania 35. That, you know, Kofi Mania was just an incredible, incredible moment, but obviously very different for you being there. Walk me through what it was like being ringside of that match, knowing what was going to happen at the end of that match. I didn't know it was going to happen. Oh my God. I, I said, don't tell me. I said, do not tell me because if, if the outcome is told to me and then it changes mid-match, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. So don't tell me a thing. And so I just, I knew what we had to do at the end. And, but I didn't know anything after that. And I was like, I, I assume, but I, but, mm. and so all of that was just like so real because it, it was something that I don't know. It made it all real. Mm. Not that it wasn't real before because we've gotten to do amazing stuff up to that point, but this was the thing that said, it's not just us having fun and having a good time and having a good laugh with the people. It's like, no, we've, we've created something that is worth what we believe it's worth. Now everyone sees what it's worth. It's not just, it's not just wrestling. It's not just Kofi. It's not just E. It's not just me. It's, it's everybody. It's everybody who's been in the situation where you, you walk into work and you do everything everything humanly possible to move ahead, but you just cannot. And as you're there crushing it, you see so many people with no experience, with very little experience, or who haven't done anything close to like the things you've done or been through to get to where you are. And they're just not even walking around, they're flying past you with no one saying a word to you about you and your position. At that point in that moment, it made every decision that I've made in my life to get to WWE, to get to Kofi and E, to get to that WrestleMania moment, it made every single one correct. Because you never know. You never know if you're making the right choice. You have an idea, but you don't know if you've done the right thing. So like, I had really bad stage fright. And my friend in high school and senior year, she said, you should join. We need boys. I said, I'm not going to get up on stage and sing and dance in front of people. She said, you want to be a pro wrestler, don't you? you have to do that in front of people and you have terrible stage fright. So why don't you do this? Cause it's a lot weirder <laughs> than like fighting with people. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like in my head, it's like, that was a choice that I made to get me closer to WWE being a cheerleader for a year in college was a step I made to become more agile, to get closer to WWE. Adding the trombone in was something from my childhood to get me closer to what I wanted in WWE. And so yeah. seeing Kofi win the title and being right there for it made me realize like, for myself, like I had made all the right decisions and they culminated in 
allowing me to be a part of this incredible moment that Kofi was having, you know? And so that it, it, it meant so much for me, like more than anyone will ever know. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Xavier, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, like, I, I could talk to you for like four hours, um, but I want to be super respectful of your time. And I just have one final question. I end every interview talking about gratitude. And I'd say that if you can be grateful, you'll live a great life. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Mm, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, I'm grateful. First, I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. Mm. Because any day you're not, uh, any, any day you can wake up, <laughs> that's, there's, there's your immediate win. I go small victories into big victories. Um, thankful for all the friends that I've met through wrestling um, and through, through this weird quarantine experience too. So I was already obviously friends, like very close with Tyler Breeze, but on, on the YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down, where we do all of our gaming stuff, um, we decided to start playing Uno during quarantine with Cesaro and Adam Cole. And it's turned Adam Cole. And we were close, Cesaro and I were already close as well, but I didn't really have a relationship with, with Cole. Um, and now he's one of my best friends. So the bond that we've been able to create through this weird, terrible quarantine mess, like I'm, I'm so incredibly thankful for that and the bond that I've now got with Jessamine, Shayna, Mia, uh, Charlie, like they're so incredible. So to be able to work with such a, an awesome group of people on, on this gaming channel and doing all this stuff and working with G4, all, all of that, being able to dive into other passions, I'm extremely thankful for that. Um, and I'm thankful that people are, are starting to get to uh, a little bit closer back to normalcy. It's nice, it's nice seeing people start to start to breathe again. You know, it's, a, time, it's, a, it's right? a big thing. Jeez. It's a big thing. Well, anybody that's subscribed here on my YouTube channel, you need to subscribe to Up, Up, Down, Down. Of course, you can see Xavier Woods every Monday on Raw. And again, this was such a pleasure, such an honor. Thank you so much, sir. 
All right. So if you like what you heard, or even if you didn't, go ahead and do these things. Check me out on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Austin Creed Wins. Check me out on the YouTubes, Up, Up, Down, Down is the channel. And you can go to UUDDshop.com to get all your sweet Up, Up, Down, Down apparel. You can catch me on G4 content as a host. Mm, follow them on socials all social platforms at G4TV and check me out every Monday on the New Day podcast. It's a podcast with me, Kofi, and Big E. Go to wherever you listen to your podcast, type in the New Day, click the pink picture with the three black guys' faces on it. That's us. Any click, any subscribe, any five-star review helps your boys out with the algorithms. Appreciate you. You're the man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you.